Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What's up? I'm Ben Carlos and welcome to Raptors Over Everything presented by Yahoo Sports Canada. Today, I'm blessed to be joined by a Toronto Raptors legend and a personal hero of mine. From doing play-by-play with baseball cards using his mom's broomstick to staying up late hiding under the blankets with a flashlight, transistor radio, and Sports Digest magazines, his childhood love for sports broadcasting has taken him everywhere. From DePaul University to the University of Michigan. He's been the play-by-play voice of the Chicago Bulls since 2008, but not before starting his NBA broadcasting career right here in the North back in 1998. Ladies and gentlemen, the only Raptors broadcaster to ever have his own bobblehead, Chuck Swirsky, ladies and gentlemen. Chuck, how you doing? I'm doing great. I love your backdrop. Mine is boring, Ben. <laughs> so I'm looking at the jersey. You know, where is the Garth Joseph jersey? Where is Milt Palacio? Where is Juan Dixon? Oh man, I mean, you're bringing you're bringing up all the names that oh that's taken me way back. I still I still remember our last conversation when that Garth Joseph story I'll never forget. And uh, hopefully uh, I can channel his energy and infectiousness. Uh, yes, for, for today he was um, awesome. That little window of period of time with Garth Joseph and the Toronto Raptors was priceless. <laughs> Chuck, I remember from our last conversation, uh, one of the one of the things we discussed was it's important to always love what you do and never be satisfied with where you're at. So, Chuck, I have to lead off with this question right here. Um, do you still get up at 5 a.m. every morning to browse U.S. sport pages? And if given the choice, would you rather do that or get up an hour earlier and pick up a copy of the Seattle P.I.? Oh, my gosh. We're going way back here. Well, I do get up at five in the morning. Yes, I do. Um, And when I was a kid, as you know, I delivered papers for the Seattle Post Intelligencer. It was the morning paper. I grew up in Seattle and the afternoon paper. um, And I'm really dating myself now because these were the days we had a morning paper and an evening paper. And the evening paper was the Seattle Times. And so I got a 4 a.m., we'd go down to the corner on 167. Guy would drop off a stack of papers. I'd have to roll the papers, put them in my backpack, and then get on my bike and sling it. Just <laughs> like an outlet pass from Kevin Love. <laughs> so I'm, I'm assuming that your uh, news resources have expanded over that time, of course. Well, yeah, technology is amazing. I mean, but... <laughs> Uh, I still do here. I'm going to show you a little inside information, Ben. Oh, let's so see. I still do. You know, a lot of these guys pay for stat services and have a company do their stats and trends. Not me. So this is for a game that we've got coming up with Detroit. Ooh, so okay. this is old school. I hope you can see this. And so this is, and 
like here, 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 notes to everything. This is this is on me. I'm going to be held accountable. This is I own it. If I screw up, I own it. But if I screw up, I want to do it on my terms because I want to make sure that I cover every detail. So I don't really pay for somebody else to do it and have some fancy stuff. There's just me, just the worst. It's a it's a testament to that how much you truly love it because you're still doing like the handwritten uh, like yeah. notes and everything like that because obviously you know with how advanced technology is getting and how easy it is to just like like you said just pay someone to uh, take these notes for you it, it goes to show how much you really love what you do which is you know something that I aspire to do uh, every day uh, in in my role um, so Chuck I uh, I recently traveled to Montreal this summer. Oh. And it's I, I found out that it's about a five hour drive, which coincidentally enough is the same amount of distance it takes to get from Ann Arbor to Toronto. Um, Chuck, have you ever taken a road trip from Ann Arbor to Toronto? Just a few times. Yeah. Like a lot. Yeah. Because remember when I got the Raptor job, I was doing the University of Michigan Go Blue, had a great year in football. Uh, right now struggling in basketball, but so my first job interview with the Raptors. And so they have an opening and like, you know, I reached out, they reached out. I went and I had an interview with the fan 590 who owned the rights. They had just taken over Ben, the radio rights to the Raptors. And I'm driving, uh, from Ann Arbor to Toronto. I think it was the 401, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. But, and all of a sudden, I'm entering the mouth of the city. And I had been to Toronto before, but really not to that degree. And it was, the traffic was like mind-boggling. And it was such a huge city. But I pull in to the FAM 590. And uh, like, I'm about 30 minutes from my interview. And I had to enter a parking garage and the parking garage was full. So I'm thinking, okay, I'll find another parking garage about a block away, get in the car, boom, 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 parking garage full. I'm thinking, oh boy, I'm looking at my watch. I'm 20 minutes away from my interview. And one thing, you know, Ben, like I'm very punctual. If I grew up in a naval family, my dad was a career officer. And if he said dinner's at six, he didn't mean six. He meant 545 yep. or 530. And so finally I get in and like I, I go up the elevator and I have this interview and I'm thinking to myself, like, this is where I want to be. And I pulled a U-turn after the interview and drove back to Ann Arbor. So I've done that 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 trip many, many times. And the rest, as they say, is history because... As many Raptors fans know, you spent 10 years with the Raptors yep. before, uh, to quote LeBron, taking your talents down to not South Beach, but the Windy City. Well, uh, yeah, but that couple <laughs> things, Ben. Number one, uh, this wasn't for um, a situation where I was unhappy with the Raptors. Of and course, I hope fans know by now how much I love the city, love the Raptors, love the organization loved who I worked for. I had a unbelievable, I mean, the chain of command with Larry Tannenbaum and then Richard Petty and Tom Anselmi. I mean, it was unbelievable. 
during that period of time in Raptor history. And, uh, you know, Glenn Grumwald was our GM. And um, for the majority of time I was there, then we had, you know, kind of an interim with Wayne Embry and then Rob Babcock and then Brian Colangelo. But, I mean, it was awesome. It was, um, I, I probably shouldn't have used the LeBron reference. Yeah, there. no, we don't want to go there, ben. I, I, I totally forgot just how uh, it was very, not to the extent of the Vince Carter backlash when he left, but it, 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 was, it, was, it was close. It was close. But, um, yeah. But you, I did, there's a little history. LeBron's first 50-point game came against the Raptors. Oh, this is true. This is true. I love, this is what I love about you, Chuck. You always have the, 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 to throw it back a bit, the stump, the swirls facts. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I still watch every Raptor game. True I love story. it. I love it. And, I mean, I've been yeah. going 14 years. I have seen every Raptor game because I get league pass. And so that the, some of you, know, sometimes they say, oh, you got to release it. You got to let it go. Well, because <laughs> there's something about, you know, like just the Raptors giving me an opportunity mm -hmm. and the way I pay them back is, to keep like locked in. So for 24 seasons, uh, 10 with the Raptors, 14 with the Bulls, I've watched every Raptor game. It's, it's the Canadians. It's the Canadian it in you. That Canadian it? spirit. That Canadian heart. <laughs> but yeah, um, a year later, uh, after, after you left, the Raptors drafted one of our franchise's greatest players of all time in DeMar DeRozan, who yes. is now a Chicago Bull. Yep. And, Recently passed Michael Jordan for most points in their first 16 games with the team. So, Chuck, I have to ask, do you feel any kind of poetic justice from a certain decision your boss at WGN had you make in 1983? <laughs> well, a few things. So I'm doing DePaul. And DePaul in the early 80s was really, really, really good. And I was doing play-by-play, -play, and I was also doing the public address for the Bulls. This was pre-Jordan. And he comes to me and says, Chuck, you know what? You can't do both. You either have to do the public address for the Bulls, or you got to do play-by-play -play for DePaul. And there was something as a little boy going into as an elementary school Going into high school, you see, when you're in elementary school and you walk into a high school, you think it's bigger than life. Oh, my gosh. Wow. This is high school. You know, when you're a 10, 11 years old, eight years old, whatever, you think high school is like the top of the mountain. So I go in with my little, you know, little tape recorder. My mom got me as a kid. I'm going up the bleachers and sitting in the stands doing play by play as a kid. Well, all of a sudden, that kid now becomes a teenager, and I got really, really locked in. So I did was doing, here I am, years later, doing college play-by-play. -play. And so I gave up the PA job for the Bulls. Jordan gets drafted, and you know the rest of the story. But you know what, Ben? Truth of the matter is, if I had to do it all over again, I would have done it. Because without DePaul, I don't get the Michigan job. Without Michigan... I don't get the Raptor job. Yep, and yep. so everything is aligned according to the Lord. And I, I, you know, with DeMar DeRozan, I think it's fabulous. He's done a great, great job here. 
Yeah, he's serving in the health and safety protocols. Hopefully he'll be out of that uh, situation in a few days. But, I mean, he is he is a terrific, terrific human being. Yeah, and honestly, as, you know, a big DeMar fan myself, it's so it's so gratifying. Gratifying. I guess gratifying and satisfying. Hey, we'll just combine the word. That's right. Yeah, the gratifying. That'll be that'll be our new that'll be our I like new that, word. Actually. I, it, the the most gratifying thing is seeing DeMar thrive with the Bulls. And it's almost, yeah, it's poetic in a way because since you left when he right before his rookie year, now you get to see him, you know, yeah. in his in his absolute prime. Um, and so it's obvious what DeMar's impact on the court has been um, as someone who is very close with the Bulls and you get to cover them uh, every day and you get to see the inner workings of the team and, and whatnot. Um, what's DeMar's impact been off of the court? And the more important question, Chuck, um, yes. is, is, is DeMar DeRozan the best bowler in the NBA? <laughs> well, he won the bowling championship. <laughs> so I guess he holds the crown, uh, but um, you know, here's the story, Ben, because we're still in a COVID, yep. not to the severity of the pandemic of two years ago, right. but we're still in it. And we really don't get a chance to have a lot of communication and a connection with players. Okay. And that's really, really unfortunate mm -hmm. because this business is a people's business. 100%. You want to tell stories about DeMar DeRozan, you know, about Zach Levine, about Lonzo Ball, about Alex Caruso. I'm mentioning names of the Bulls. And so that has been eliminated because of the health of players. And I get it. Um, but it takes us away from getting to know the players like they once did pre-COVID, where you can walk up to a player and have like a two or three minute conversation, not with a microphone in their face or a notepad, just a, a conversation so you can bond with a player. So a trust factor kind of lays the foundation for a sense of a bond, a professional bond uh, between player and broadcaster. And I hope we get those days back. I'm not sure we will, but we'll see. That, that's fair. That that completely makes sense. Have you guys ever been able to bond at, on any level about the obvious common Raptors connection? Yes. Or? Yeah. That's I great. mean, um, you know, he knew who I was. Um, and of course I know who he is, mm -hmm. but um, you know, there, there's something about that fraternity with the Raptors. I just saw Kyle Lowry in Miami and I've seen Kyle a number of times since I've left. And so when he sees me and I see him, you know, we give a little fist bump, how we're doing, whatever. And uh, so, you know, I always had a saying. I told Derek Martin this. Remember Derek Martin? He's the one oh, who I... saved the streak. The three-point streak, three yep. Yes, in Dallas. And we were getting blown out. He jacks up the shot. <laughs> it goes down. I'm going crazy on the air. We're, getting, we're like, we're down by 18. There are onions, baby onions. Derek Martin keeps the streak alive. And the engineer in Dallas is looking at me and saying, what? Um, but anyway, so Derek Martin, I ran into him. And he is uh, with UCLA. At that time, he was doing color. And it's like we had picked up where we left off with him as a player. And those moments and memories 
kind of you know there's a connection it, it's it's crazy and it goes to show just how strong that bond is of the the raptors fraternity uh as you said uh, i, I want to get into more of that a little bit later but first off i want to go into the present raptors and going from one player making an impact on his new team to another I'm going to talk about Scotty Barnes. Sure. Because uh, you were talking about how you've been watching, still following the Raptors. And Scotty has the most points by a Raptors rookie in their first 24 games since Vince Carter, a man you are very familiar with. Yeah. As, as someone who's covered Vince in his prime and is familiar with Florida State guys by proxy of your own fourth overall pick in Patrick Williams. Yeah. Is it too early to say that Scotty Barnes yes. is the best Raptors rookie since Vince? Oh, wow. Well, I mean, there are a lot of rookies who, who played well for the Raptors. But, um, you know, I, I think Scotty Barnes is great. I think it was a terrific pick. Great pick mm -hmm. by Masai and Bobby. Um, and I, I would say this. I yep. think Scotty Barnes is going to be a 12 to 15 year player in the NBA. That's how good of a player he's going to be. And you can tell already the thing that when I watch Scotty Barnes, let's put aside his, his skill set. Yeah. He's got something that you can't coach. And that is a motor that's mm -hmm. full of sheer joy. Yep. And this is not fake hustle. I've, I've seen players with fake hustle. This guy is has like a sincere NBA DNA. He flat out loves the game and he gets after it. And so he's not running around where he's just, you know, trying to impress people or, Hey, I've got, you know, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I mean, this guy has a solid basketball IQ, which doesn't surprise me because of the Florida State program. 100%. And like you said, that's arguably the most valuable asset you can have as an NBA player because, like you said, that's something you can't teach. Um, one thing Scotty is lacking, though, is an iconic nickname, something you've given multiple Raptor fan favorites in the past, whether it be Air Canada Carter. The Red Rocket, Apollo 33, just to, just, just to name a few. So, Chuck, I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, I'll have to work on that. That's a, that's a tough question. <laughs> that's probably out of my domain since okay. I'm not the Raptor broadcaster and employee with that's Raptors. Fair. I'll leave that to the crew, and they can probably decide that. But I'll tell you something. To this day, when I just saw Anthony Parker. Anthony is okay. the assistant GM in Orlando. Mm -hmm. And we were talking the other day in Orlando about 18 Parkerville court <laughs> because he loved shooting the corner threes. And he loved that, that moniker that I put on him because, you know, under Sam Mitchell, hey, Anthony, go to the right corner. <laughs> and there'd be a draw and kick from TJ or, you know, <laughs> or Jose called him. And they'd throw the ball in the corner, boom. A three ball by 18 Parkerville court, Anthony Parker, you know, <laughs> and, and so anyway. I completely forgot about that one. That, that, that's another iconic one. You could just, you're just adding to the list. Well, no, so I mean, many. like, like Mo Pete, remember when from technology, like <laughs> this. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is like so outdated. Mo Pete MP3. The MP3 download. An MP3 player. Oh boy, <laughs> those are going way back. That's like the Blackberry. Um, but, but MP3. And so it was, there you go. Mo, there you go. Black, MP3 was Mo Peterson MP and he would love to shoot the three. And so we would say that's an MP3 or you can ring it up on your MP3. And so Mo loved it. And um, because I would never do anything that a player didn't buy in. And if a player didn't want the, anything, I'd say, okay, that's, that's cool. But I would always run it by a player first. Sometimes they didn't understand like, okay, like what's 18 Parkerville court. Okay. Andy, it's your Jersey number. You like that area on the floor. So I'm thinking, okay, like, you know, a little neighborhood here. Okay. Oh, man. Look, Chuck, that's one of the greatest things about you, your creativity, uh, just coming up with these iconic names that have been ingrained in the Raptors lexicon. Uh, my personal favorite, it's really simple, but it's one that I feel with the Raptors fan base has stood the test of time, CB4, yes. Bosch. Um, Back in 2010, Chris Bosch infamously tweeted, where should I go next season and why? So, Chuck, um, what was your answer to that question when the Bulls sent you to his door on the first day of free agency? Well, the Bulls did send me, and I had a really good relationship with Chris the moment he arrived as just a kid one year out of Georgia Tech. And we became close. Um, not, not close, close friends where I'm chilling at his place. But we had a very solid professional trust factor. He would invite me when the Raptors came in to play Dallas. He would invite me to his house for dinner with his teammates. He would include me. We would go out to dinner sometimes on the road. We'd have great talks. And so when he became a free agent, the Bulls said, will you do us a favor? Can you drop off an iPad, which had a lot of apps about the Bulls and about you know the city? And my daughter, when she was just, let's see, I'm talking, she was five, six years old, would love to make cookies oh. for the players. She did it at the University of Michigan. She did it for the Raptors. And Chris loved my daughter's chocolate chip cookies. And so I, I, I went to Dallas, I went to his home and 
I delivered the iPad with a bunch of apps so he could get to know the Bulls. And he almost became a Bull. I kid you not. I think he was very, very close to signing in Chicago. But the lure of Wade and James and that whole group from their Olympic experience, that that bond was so close. But yes, I did do that. And um, there was a, a, a litany of cars behind me. I had a rental car. I had a Yugo. And all of a sudden, these big stretch limos are pulling up and I'm coming out of my little <laughs> small. Hi, Chris. <laughs> But I, I, I feel like if we ask, if we ask Chris, uh, the highlight of that free agency, even though he didn't sign with the Wolves, is probably those cookies because they sound incredible. No doubt. <laughs> I so, agree. So from, from one former Raptor to another, uh, you once said that Alvin Williams is one of the smartest Raptors you've ever interacted with. Absolutely. And the most, and the most underappreciated Raptor of all time. So does it come to a surprise to you that now he's in the booth doing uh the commentary for the raptors and what are your what what are your thoughts uh from from someone who's uh been uh in the booth for quite a bit of time now okay we love ben that is a great question because alvin was always very very reserved if you look at the players he played with a number of them were outgoing overshadowed him he really wasn't on after a game, the A-list where reporters would storm into the locker room and go immediately to Alvin's, you know, stall, so to speak. Um, uh, with the exception, obviously, of the game with Atlanta where he had the triple-double. Um, ironically, and you can check on this, I think that game where he had the triple-double was on a Friday night and you maybe your staff can look it up as we speak. I want to say 2001. It was a Friday night at home against Atlanta. And it's the same night Keon Clark blocked 11 shots. I don't know, but it was quite the night. The point being, I didn't think, I mean, I thought Alvin, Alvin was always polite. I got to know Alvin, his family, everyone, and a wonderful family. Did I think he was headed to the booth? No. I thought he would go into coaching. I thought he would just kind of say, okay, I've got, you know, financial stability here. I, I, I'll pick and choose what I want to do. And I'll tell you what, I've heard him on the air. He's terrific. And so I am glad that he made this decision to go into broadcasting. And I really, really like him. I think he's really good. And, and I hope that when we're in Toronto, he has that game because I want to, I, I'd love to see him. And you know what? I feel like if, uh, if Alvin knows, if Alvin knows those words coming from you, that would mean, that would mean the world because that's coming from a broadcasting legend yourself. So, well, uh, I, you know, this is, this was, on Alvin and he worked to the point to get 100%. that position. So I'm really, really happy for him. Absolutely. For, so from before we wrap it up, I got, I got two more questions I want to ask you uh, from one broadcast legend to another. Um, you spent your time, of course, with the legendary Jack Armstrong. Get that garbage um, yeah. You still got it. You still got it. Um, I'm going to bring up two guys. Uh, Jack, you got to have a pint. <laughs> Jack, we're in the game. So, uh, 
That actually, um, that actually is a perfect transition into. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring up two places for you, Chuck, and I want to know what the significance they have uh, with you and your friend, your long friendship with Jack. Um, Fran's restaurant here in Toronto, <laughs> and Dirty Nelly's in San Antonio. Uh, well, Fran's, I mean, it's right there. I mean, it was across the street from the Fam Five Ninety. And we would, I mean, we had, you know, sandwiches there. We had like just great, great talks. I, I don't even know if France is still there. Oh, it's still us. <laughs> yeah, on Holly Street, I think, or close to it. Um, I love France. By the way, they had unbelievable milkshakes. Yes. I'm just saying that right 100%. now. Their milkshakes yeah, are to die best. for. Mm -hmm. um, and also onion rings. And I'm not an onion rings guy. They had really good onion rings. Okay, so then <laughs> San Antonio. So we go in there. This is our first year, okay? And, you know, Jack loves Irish pubs. And his lifestyle is one where he loves to just, you know, move from, you know, pub to pub, say hello. He could run... He could run for mayor and win in a landslide right now, whether it's Toronto or if he went to Dublin. And I'm kind of like, hey, the game's over. Let me grab a sandwich. I'll go back to my hotel room and start working on the next game. <laughs> anyway, so on this night or morning, we go into San Antonio and there is an Irish pub, Dirty Nellies. And we're having a beverage. And uh, Jack looks at the piano player and he, he tells the piano player basically, hey, take the rest of the night off. And, <laughs> and Jack starts singing and, uh, uh, and he starts like taking over the room. And Sean Marks, now the GM of the Nets, he is a rookie on our club that year. He's in the pub. And with another player. And so he's like, you know, loving all this. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. And that's what I remember about that night. Oh, it, it makes so much sense considering how much Jack still sings on air. Yeah, um, well, I mean, the, the crowd loved Jack. They were actually putting more money in the glass for tips for Jack than the, than the piano player. <laughs> Go, it goes to show he got those pipes. Hey, got what, those pipes. what are you doing Tuesday night? You're pretty good. And <laughs> hey, let me see. Uh, oh, Raptors are in Golden State. Can't be here. Sorry. Bye. <laughs> Chuck, it's been an absolute blast uh, speaking to you again. I want to wrap this up with one last question. Uh, the last sure, time Ben. We... Anything for you, Ben. Oh, thank you, Chuck. You're the man. You're the man. Um, the last time we spoke, you told me how the most important people in your life growing up were your parents and your grandparents. Yes. Since then, you've recently became a first-time grandfather. Congratulations. Thank you. I have to ask, what shoe-shining discipline do you plan on passing down to your grandchild in the future? Uh, I would say uh, to love people, uh, for inclusion, for the embracement of letting people know that you care I think in our society, Ben, and I really mean this, we need to understand we are all in this together. It doesn't matter 
the color of skin, the origin of birth, your sexual orientation, your political views. We need to respect and be kind and serve others. And when we start doing this and remove the boundaries of humankind where they're right now, just there's so many walls. When we can break those walls down and start the day by saying, what can I do to help you? Because if I serve you, I will ultimately serve myself by opening up my heart to others. And it starts with us. And if we can't lead, and if we can't show those qualities of humanity, humility, gratitude, selflessness, then how can we expect others to do that? Amen, Chuck. And to quote a very, very wise and great friend of mine, it's always nice to be the light in someone else's storm. That's right. And uh, with that, I just want to say, Chuck, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day um, to talk with me again, because the last time we talked uh, last year, you were the light in my storm because you were the first big interview that I ever had. And by you taking the chance on me, it's put me on this path that has thrust me into this role uh, today. And it's given me the confidence to uh, not only through my own um, personal belief in myself, but also, you know, to quote, to quote the good book, my belief in God, uh, that with, with God, uh, nothing's impossible and absolutely nothing. And with that, thank you again so much, Chuck. And I'll leave you, Ben, and I hope this makes the cut on on your podcast, but I'll leave you with a Garth Joseph. Ben, it's been a pleasure. Chuck, are we done? (laughs) And, hey, that that about does it. That wraps it. It's over. It's it's over, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.